Hi, my name is Rhonda Minga, and I would like to welcome you today to Freedom Ministries in Crossed, Arkansas. I invite you to connect with us online at freedomministriescrossed.com. Now let's take the time to pray before we tune in to today's message. Lord, I lift you up, and I just pray that you draw us by your Spirit. I pray that you show us your Word. You give us great and mighty revelations of who you are and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of be talking to you and preaching at you. and So it's a, it's a preaching at you and a talking to you kind of thing. So it'll, it may be a little different. I don't know. We'll just see how which way it goes. So, I want to, I got a question for you first of all. How many of you have ever been sitting there and you're at your house and your parents are in a deep discussion and then they say, y'all kids go to your room. And then they just keep on talking. Y'all ever done that? Your parents ever asked you to leave? Y'all didn't need to hear that kind of thing? Well, Tonight you're going to get to hear some things that you hadn't heard before, probably. So, in the Bible, there's this, it talks about you're going from, you start out on milk, you know how babies start out on milk, and then you finally come into the meat of something. Tonight we're trying to get into that, and I hope I do it justice, but uh, let me give you this scripture. Where is it? All right. So it says in John 16, 12, I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. So there's a whole lot in the world, and it's not all meant for you. I'm talking about the good and the bad. There's a whole lot out there, and it's not meant for you. And if God, if he, he wants you to know everything, he wants you to experience him in the fullness, but we're not allowed, you know, he shines bright. You can't look on his face, you know. You can't see God. You're going to have to turn around. You're going to have to do like this. So you can't take everything that he has at one time. And that's where we're going tonight. We're going to start telling you some stuff that you hadn't heard before that maybe you should have heard before. But now is the time. Now you can eat the meat. And now as we're getting into a little bit further. You're getting off the milk and you're going a little bit further. You're going to hear some things that you haven't heard before. Because I'm looking in the crowd and most of us are... 12 and up, 13 and up, you know, 16, 15. And, and I'm probably going to be telling you some of the stuff that your parents tell you, the same exact things. But the difference is you're more mature now. It's, it's time for you to learn some things. It's time for you to come out from the Jonah stories of the Bible and start coming up a little bit and, you know, advance your level a little bit. You know, you've graduated second grade. You've graduated third grade. The same in here. You've, you should have learned Jonah by now. You should have came on through that. You know, he spent time in the belly of the whale and all these things. But now you're, you're a different person than you were when you were five years old. You've came a long ways. And, and I just sat over here. I'm a different person than I was when I walked in here. I sat over here and I stirred myself up in the Lord. The songs got me stirred up, so I was kind of fired up. You know, when I came in, I was laid up or laid back, and I was kind of jolly and things. But now I've got business to tend to. The Lord has sent me on a mission to talk to you tonight, and that's what I want to do. I want to talk to you. So it's going to be a little different because 
we're, the subject matter is a little more adult than what you're used to. We're going to talk about your boyfriends and your girlfriends and your friends and the people that should be your friends and people shouldn't be your friends. And if I do it all right, hopefully you'll come out more mature and hopefully you'll come out seeing, hey, I'm, I'm doing some things that I shouldn't do. Or maybe I'm on the right path and I want to stay on that path. Or maybe I just need to adjust just a little bit. So I don't know right now. I don't know if you're good. I don't know if you've never sinned in your life. I don't know if you're sinning every day. I don't know if you had to... If you were invited here and said, yes, I want to come, I don't know if you invited somebody to come. I don't know if you were made to come here. I don't know. But one thing I do know is God gave, you, gave me a message to deliver to you tonight, and I'm going to do my best to get that through to you. I'm going to try to get it across to you. And the subject matter, again, like I say, it's, it's a little adult, you know. But you're, you're old enough to hear it. I'm not going to get into a lot of things that uh, are over your head, you know, but I'm, I'm going to be real with you. And I want you to be real with me. When I ask you a question, be honest. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand or anything like that in front of everybody. But I want you, when I talk to you, I want you to think about in your mind, is this, is he talking to me? You know, is he talking to the person next to me? Because that's usually, when the preacher's talking, that's usually what I'm thinking. He's talking to that guy. Can't be talking about me. I didn't do that. But chances are, he's talking to me. That's why my conscience, that's why my spirit, that's why my inner person is saying, hey, you know, think about this. Is he talking to me? Is he talking to her? You know, is he talking to my wife? Is he talking to my best friend? So, chances are I'm talking to you. Chances are. All right. So, let me get into this a little bit. So, I don't know, I'm sure everybody remembers exactly what Brother Chris spoke on last time and when I was there I was listening and something went in me and it stuck with me for a little bit and I want to start off there so he talked about the uh, fellow that his friend he he was born with palsy he was paralyzed he couldn't walk and anything so his friends gathered him up and they carried him and Jesus had been fasting and praying and then he came into town and he was teaching at this house and everybody and their mother was at this house, and they were all sitting there, and they were listening. And you couldn't fit anybody else in there. And that's, what, that's one of the things. It's not the only thing, but that's what he talked about last time. And it stuck with me, and I was like, what kind of friends did that fella have? Because they just tore the roof off of somebody's house to get their friend into the presence of Jesus. So the main focus tonight is what kind of friends are you hanging around with? Are your friends lifting you up, or are they bringing you back down? Where are your friends taking you, and where are you taking your friends? Because you are just as much influence as the person on your left or your right. Somebody is looking at you all the time, whether it's your little brother, your little sister, whether your friend, whether your teacher. You know, I've known, I've, I've taught uh, Sunday school and stuff, and I've seen good kids and bad kids, and they've all influenced me for the good and for the bad. I've, I've, I've loved them, loved them, loved them, loved them. But there's been some that I was happy that day they didn't come that Sunday. You know, when they wasn't there, I was like, shoo, this class is going to be easy today. You know, and it's not anybody that's in here. So, But what kind of friend are you? And what kind of friend are you hanging around? Because when you're hanging around people, if, if I'm up here hanging around Pastor Dana and she's singing all the time, that's my future. That's what's going to be in me. That's where I'm going towards. That's what I'm doing. If I'm over here around this fellow over here and he's drinking and smoking and doing all this stuff, that's my future too. That's what I'm choosing. And when I leave here, chances are I'm not going to go out there and uh, 
rededicate my life every night. No, chances are I'm going to go home and smoke. I'm going to go home and drink. And I'm going to go home and watch the bad things on TV. I'm going to go home and do all these things. So what you're around and what you choose to be around is what you're going to be doing next week. It's what you're going to be doing next month. It's how you're going to grow up. And so you're old enough to hear this now because a lot of y'all are making choices. You know, when you're, when you're on the playground in second grade at recess, everybody's playing with everybody. But right now, you're at the age where everybody's not playing with everybody. Some people are making fun of these people, and some people are making fun of those people. And some people say, hey, they don't wear the right clothes. Or, hey, they don't have money to eat in the lunchroom. You know, they have to bring a bologna sandwich every day. There's always somebody looking at you. <clears throat> but you can always be a friend. It doesn't matter. I have, I have friends that are nice to me and mean to other people. And that affects my relationship with other people. At work, there's, there's somebody that I'm friends with, and he's like, like this at other people. But for some reason, he's nice to me. But then somebody over here is going to say, well, you know, you're friends with him, and all he does is this all the time. So I've got to battle that. That's, you know, do I want this guy as my friend? Well, yes. But at the same time, I'm not out going to eat with him and things. I'm not out at his house watching TV. We're not, we're not congregating outside of work. But I'm looking at that as a chance to win a soul. I'm looking at that as a chance to bring him out of that. Now, I have to be careful so that I'm not brought back into that because it, it works both ways, you know. Uh, I can influence him or he can influence me. Whoever's stronger is going to win that battle. So who, who is your friends? Who are you hanging around with? Because your friends... Your friends say a lot about you, and how you act says a lot about you to your friends. Uh, what? Let me ask you this. I'm, I'm going to ask one person over here, then one person over here, so y'all be ready. And I warned you ahead of time so you can listen to the question real good. Are you all right? You ready? All right, give me one quality of a good friend. Missing the yellow sweater or peach sweater? One, one quality of a good friend. They're loyal, okay. Over here, Miss Savannah. I learned your name tonight, Miss Savannah. What's one quality that you would like to see in a friend of yours? I'm sorry. Caring. They're they're caring. That's a good one. Those are both very good examples. All right. Uh, let me let me get one more from over here and over here. Uh, on the end in the in the pink sweater that it says pink, not pink color. Trustworthiness. Alrighty, one more over here. Oh, I see some people hiding from me. You, sir, in the white shirt there. <laughs> oh yeah, you got one up in there. Some some people, you know, they they'll loan you money when you need it. Some people pick you up for school in the mornings. Just something. Come on. Little something. I can't let you off the hook. Loyal. I'll take that. I'll take it. So loyalty is probably a big thing in here. Loyalty and caring. That's what I'm hearing. And, and if you think about it, your parents are loyal to you above anybody else. 
and your parents probably care about you more than anybody else that you know. So you're modeling this after your parents. Not always true, but that's what I'm hearing out of you tonight. You're modeling your friendships, what you would like in a friendship. You're modeling that after your parents. And your parents are modeling that love and that caring and that loyalty. They're getting that from God because he is that to them. And he has been their whole life for, let's just say your parents are 40 years old. He's been that to them for 40 years. And it's had such an impact in their lives that they have passed that on to you. And now that is into your life, that you need somebody loyal and you need somebody caring. Now, when, when you come out and you're starting to get a boyfriend or girlfriend, so you're going to look for those characters in there. You're going to look for somebody that's loyal and somebody that's caring. And chances are, when you see this person at the mall, you're going to be there at the mall, and somebody's going to walk by, and you're not going to say, hey, they're pretty loyal and caring. I'm going to think I'm going to ask them out. No. No, you're going to see that physical detail that attracted you to that person. And you're going to say, hey, let me just talk to them at least. And then you start talking to them, and they're loyal, but they're not caring. You know, they'll do anything for you as long as it's on their time as long as it fits in their schedule. So they may have a little something here and a little something there, but you're still looking, you know, you may not know, but a lot of people say the girls are going to look for their dad. They're going to end up marrying somebody like their dad. They're going to do all that. And, and so that happens. I hear some no's, but I'm just telling you, it's out there. It's out there. I would not steer you wrong. I would not steer you wrong. Now, I'm not saying it happens every time, but I'm saying you're going to, you're going to be attracted to something because you've been around that for, at, let's say you get married at 25. You've been around your dad for 25 years and you've seen him do good things and bad things and you're thinking, this is, I want the good things out of my dad, but I want to leave the bad things. You know, uh, he, he goes off and from October to December, he goes off and leaves my mom every year so he can go hunting. So I'm going to leave that part out. I don't want, I don't want that in my, my husband. So you'll say, but, you know, the rest of the year he's there. He's, he's, he's buying her birthday gifts ahead of time. He's doing Valentine's Day ahead of time. He's never late with a birthday card or anything like that. So I'm taking that, and that's what I'm going to go for. The dimples are an added bonus. You know, the, uh, the nice car is an added bonus, and that's not even a character quality. That's just something he could afford or couldn't afford. But that's going to catch your eye. Because that's what these boys are going to do. I'm going to talk to the girls for a second. That's what these boys are going to do. They're going to go out and get the biggest, best jacked up truck so that you'll notice them. And you're going to think it looks good. That truck, hey, it's got big tires on it. It looks good. Man, I, I would love to be seen in that truck. And you think, I want to date this guy. And then all of a sudden you see him coming down the road and he's done messed his truck up. He's got one of them little squatters in the back. And you know that looks funny. I can't help it. That's just not. So he took that good-looking truck and he squatted it on the back. And now it just looks terrible. It looks ridiculous. You're thinking, what, did he not have money to fix both ends, the front and the back? You know, what's going on? This guy has done changed my whole appearance of him. And he didn't change. He just did something he liked. So you did not know about his character. You did not know long enough to look into his life and see what he's really about. You know, what are his hopes and dreams? What did he really want for his life? Did he want a wife? Did he want a husband? You know, that's out there. So you better take time to figure out who you want to be with. And you better court. 
You better court. You better figure out who you want to be with before you get married. You better figure out who you want to spend your life with before you start having sex. You better be married before you start having sex. Because this is going to happen. This boy is going to come around to you. And he's going to have that big jacked up truck. And he's going to be there. And he's going to take you to the movies. And all of a sudden, his hand's not in the popcorn. It's on your leg. And then you've got to make a decision. And then you've got to think back, hey, is this the quality I want in my man? Somebody that's going to try to take me to bed before I get married? Is this what I'm really looking for? Because at that time, your conscience is going to kick in. Your spirit man, something's going to, you're going to get a red flag. It's going to say, hey, this guy just touched my leg. It's dark in here. The lights are down. The movie's on. There's people around, but he touched my leg. Do I want somebody making advances of me in front of everybody in the theater? I don't think I do. So I think I'm going to say, hey, this popcorn's cold. Can you take me home? Or you can say, hey, he touched my leg and I liked it. I think I, think I really enjoyed him touching my leg. It made me feel good on the inside. It made me feel that he really likes me. So you've got choices, good and bad. You've got to figure out what kind of friends you want in your life because that friend is your future. You're either going to dump him in the future or you're going to be with him in the future. Now, you can be with him before you get married. You can be with him for five years and live together and never get married. Or you can do it right and you can marry him because the Bible is about purity. God believes in wholesomeness. He wants you to be pure and whole. He wants to give us bride away. He doesn't want it to be uh, right there in the movies. No, he wants a wedding. He wants it to be special. He wants you to be in love. And he wants you to know that this person is going to take care of you forever and ever. He wants you to know that you know every quality about this person before you marry him. He wants you to understand that there's going to be some hard times, but this guy right here is going to help you through it. He's going to help you through it. Where's my guys at? Here's my guys over here. I got one there and one back there. A few over here. Y'all know what a thong is? You know what a thong is. All right. So you've seen the girls. They've been out. They've been to school, wherever. And they, I personally don't care what kind of underwear you wear. I don't care if it's a thong. I don't care if they're this wide. I don't care. All I know is I don't want to see them. If, if you like skinny things like that, go ahead and wear them. But that girl, she's going to be there in the school, and she's going to bend over. And if, if you can see a thong, she's probably not the person for you because she's not modest. She, she's, not, she's not an example of holiness and purity. And if she's showing you that thong in school before she ever talks to you, even after she talks to you, then she's probably not a, a wholesome person. She's probably showed it to a few other people. Is that the kind of girl that you want in your life? <clears throat> somebody that, I um, can't help it, somebody that just wears shirts down to here, shows their belly buttons, and sometimes they're toned and sometimes they're not. It doesn't matter because it doesn't matter what they look like because your conscience will come in, your spirit man will come in, 
And I'm using both of those words on purpose because I don't know where you're at in your life. I don't know if you believe in a spirit man and I don't know if you think, hey, I just shouldn't be looking at it because it's bad. But anyway, so you see this girl walking in the mall and she's bare stomach and has the thong there and you got to make that decision. You got to say, is this the kind of girl that I want in my life? Is this the kind of girl that I want to take to prom? Is this the kind of girl that I can trust around my other friends when we go out on a you know, on a date or whatever? Is this the kind of girl that I can trust? I, if I go to the bathroom, can I trust her with my friend? She's showing me her thong, and I don't even know her. She's showing me her bare belly, and I don't even know her. So that's your future out there. You've got to decide what you want in life. And you're old enough to start making decisions. Your eyes are starting to be attracted to things that they've never been attracted to before. Did you know, let me read this one to you real quick here. Uh, let me find it. Uh, Matthew 6.22. Now listen to this one. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. If your eye sees pure, then your whole body is going to be pure. If your eye is looking at bad things, your whole body is going to be full of bad things. You know what I'm saying? Because that's, that's a pretty, pretty thick one there. Because you can think, I'm just going to watch this and I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to go to sleep. That's not true. You're not going to just go to sleep. You're going to look at that on TV and then you're going to sit there all night and you're going to think, my mama should let me dress like that. These people on TV are making millions of dollars acting like that and my mama says it's wrong. And it's going to start perverting everything. It's going to turn you against the things of God. It's going to turn you against the things that your parents want for you. It's going to turn you against the things that some of your friends want for you. Because not all friends are bad. Probably all y'all friends right here, y'all are all good. Let's just say that. All y'all friends are good. Y'all had a choice to be here tonight. And I'm proud of you for choosing to be here. Like I said, some of you may have been drug here I don't know but I know that you're here and I thank you for being here because you did have a choice you can act so bad that your parents said you're not going nowhere tonight but when I get home you're in trouble you still got your way and you're still going to get in trouble but you got your way and you didn't have to come here tonight you could have done that I've, I know that it's been done my kids have tried it on me <laughs> but uh but you can have a pure eye you can see the light of Jesus in every person in here. You can see the caring and the loving. You can see the loyalty out there. You can see that in these people because it's in there. But are you the friend that's going to bring it out? Or are you the friend that's going to squish it down? Because those friends that carried this uh, paralyzed man to that house, they did not go there for themselves. They carried their friend they never got to go down in the house and see Jesus. But when they lowered him down, they did it not for their self, but for their friend so that he could be healed, so that he would have a chance at a good life. And that's what your friends should be trying to do. They should have that pure eye and try to hold you and try to care for you when you're in trouble, when somebody's passed away in your family. They need to be there for you. They need to lift you up in the times when you make a bad grade on the test. They need to say, I know you know that. You'll get them next time. That's the kind of friends you need in your life that I think you need. You may think you need something different. You may think you need the friend that's going to, if 
if a bully comes up, they're going to hit them first. You know, I'm, I'm not for being bullied or anything like that. I'm all for running, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> I'm for running. That's the kind of friend I'm going to be. I'll take you with me, but I'm going to run. But uh, what kind of friend are you? Because to be a friend, you have to, to have friends, you have to show yourself friendly. And that's not just in everyday life. I'm, I'm talking a lot about boyfriends and girlfriends and husband and wives because your boyfriend or girlfriend should always be Let's just say you shouldn't have 12 in a year. Can, can we agree on that? Without being too religious and too strict. If you've had 12 boyfriends through the school year, that's not counting the three years in summer, then let's try something a little different. Let's start looking at qualities instead of the dimples. You know, he doesn't have to be a football player. He can be on the chess team or something. Look at a quality. Look at, look at somebody and... Be friends with them long enough to know whether they're caring, whether they're loving. Be their friends long enough to know that they remember your birthday every year. You know. Do y'all, I'm not, a, I don't want you to raise your hands because some of y'all have got boyfriends and girlfriends. Do they buy your birthday presents? Do they wait till the day after to buy them? Say, ooh, I forgot, but I still love you. No, they're going to love you beforehand. They're going to love you all year long. And they're going to love you enough to wait on you. To you to, and they're going to love you enough to say, would you marry me? And they're going to understand when you say, I'm not going to sleep with you till we get married. They're going to love you no matter what you tell them. They're going to, when you say, I'm scared to go over to this person's house, they're going to understand, hey, let's not go over there. When, when you see this guy and, and he says, hey, let's go to the movies. You know, you've been knowing him for four years. You've, you've done all the tests that Pastor Tim said. You've done all this stuff. You've, you've waited and you've been good and you haven't kissed him. You've just been friends and that's it. And finally he says, let's go to the movies, just me and you. <clears throat> He's going to love you when you say, well, let's take some friends along. Just, you know, because he'll understand you don't want to be alone. Maybe you don't trust him. Maybe you don't trust yourself. Maybe you have, maybe you've been looking at him those four years just waiting. I don't know. But I know there's something about purity. There's something about holiness. And I don't know if you know the word wholesomeness. There's something about that. It's, you know, right now, a lot of y'all are in the uh, age group where you're, you're dressing different. Your, your body is changing, you know, uh, you're looking at boys, and boys, you're looking at the girls. And a lot of that stuff is going on. But don't forget about the quality of the people. It's not about the outside. Uh, my hair used to be down to here, you know, in the front. It's gone back. I've changed. And I've changed on the inside. A lot of my qualities have changed. But like I was talking about earlier, my eyes, I'm looking at the light. So I want to be filled with the light. So I want my bodies, the rest of my body, to see the light. I want my hands to raise up and praise Jesus. I want my feet to dance to the gospel. I want to hear the gospel when I go to sleep at night. That's the kind of qualities, and they haven't always been my qualities. They've been far from that at times. And you will change too. 
your physical appearance will change, your qualities will change, your hunger for the Lord will change. Hopefully it's going in the direction of being stronger, but that's your choice. You know, the Bible talks about the narrow path and the broad path. Y'all have all heard about that? That's one of those stories you should have learned when you was down here. You got two roads, the narrow and the wide one. Well, the wide one is filled with a lot of people. There's a lot of popular people there, you know, because they do every, what everybody else wants to do. They go and watch uh, whatever the hottest movie is. They, they race cars. They do all these things. And they, uh, they're smart. And they do all these things. They look good. And none of that is bad, is it? It doesn't. I, I can't help it that I'm good looking. I cannot help that. I cannot help it that I'm the smartest person in the room. I can't help that. What else? I can't help it that my truck is the fastest one out there. I can't help that. But none of that is my qualities. My qualities is what I want you to look at, or I want my wife to look at now. But your qualities are what I want somebody to look at you and see. Because the wide gate has a lot of people on it. But the wide gate is not going to heaven. The wide gate, you may just wander in the wilderness for 40 years. You may go straight to hell on it. But I don't know where it goes, but it's not going to heaven, I can tell you that. But the narrow gate is filled with the guy in the chess club. And I'm, I'm stereotyping here, you know, somebody that you wouldn't like. The, the narrow road is the chess club. The narrow road is the guy that, the little skinny guy that's mowing the yards and he's got no muscles at all and he's, he's white. He's working in the sun every day, but he's just pale as anything. He's got no sun. You know, he's, he's the guy that nobody sits with at lunchtime. That's the narrow road. Now, I'm on the narrow road. I'm trying to get to heaven. I hope I'm... If this is the road right here, I'm hoping I'm not right here because that road is narrow. And if I'm off over here just a little bit, then I'm, all, I'm back on the wide road. The wide road is the one that sleeps with everybody all the time. The wide road is the one that has 12 girlfriends in a year, 12 boyfriends in a year. The wide road is the one that doesn't care about marriage. He doesn't understand it. He doesn't like it. It's not what he's after. <clears throat> The narrow, the wide road is the one where the boy's putting his hands up the girl's shirts and things like that. The wide road is the one that goes to the parties and takes the drugs and does things, alters his mind. He's not thinking straight. You know, the wide road is the one where he he just mad all the time. You think he loves you, and then he slaps you, and then he says, "I'm sorry." That's the wide road. The narrow road is the one where he goes to church in the morning, where he loves Jesus. The narrow road is the one when you call him up at 9 o'clock at night and say, hey, I'm thinking about you. I was just going to go to bed and say bye. He's like, well, I was thinking about you too. I was reading Proverbs, and it you know, was talking about this or that. That's the narrow road when his eyes filled with light because it's out there. And if you don't set the standard for your boyfriend and girlfriend, then they're going to be whoever they want to be. If you'll set the standard, then God will meet that standard in the man. He'll send somebody to you. That's, he may have already sent them, but your standard is not right. Your friends are not right. So you've got to figure out, do you want friends on, that are going to last your 75 years on earth, or do you want friends that are going to last for eternity? 
Do y'all, I'm going to ask you a question now. Do y'all understand about eternities? Do you understand that when this life ends, you can have eternity with God or you can have eternity in damnation? So we're going to assume that you do. I heard some yeses. So we're going to assume that the rest of you do. So let me tell you this. Your friends won't decide whether you go to heaven or hell. They won't decide it. You're going to be there by yourself. You're going to be at the judgment by yourself. And it's going to, you're going to be accountable for the things that you've done. You're going to be accountable for the standards that you had in your life. Whether you, whether you stole money, whether you gave money to the poor, you're going to be accountable for that. Whether you held back or not. Whether you went to church on Sunday morning and praised Jesus, but then you had drug deals going on with those same hands. You'll be accountable for that. So there's a narrow road and a wide road. One leads to a glorious eternity, to a father that loves you and went and built a mansion for you. Somebody that's looking for a bride, a pure bride. Somebody that's not going to take advantage of you before the marriage. So, so a lot of times your parents will send you out of the room and they'll talk about adult things. And uh, you'll miss out on a lot of things. And it's things that you probably weren't meant to hear at the time. They made a decision and said, hey, we don't need to talk about this in front of them. But a decision was made tonight that you needed to hear this message. You needed to figure out which kind of friends you had in life and what kind of friends you needed in life because it affects your future, as we've said. How many... Of course, don't raise your hands. How many have snuck out of the house. So then think about what you did when you snuck out of your house. You know, you probably had a, a good time. Some of you probably got caught and then had a bad time because you got punished for it. How many of you have lied to your parents? How many of you have lied to your friends? How many of you have stolen things? There's, I, can, I can say all kinds of things, but I want to ask you a question to all those things. How many of you have repented for those things? Because that's your future again. That's your future. I'm a pastor, I'm standing up here, I'm talking to you. But chances are, in 2022, I'm going to do something wrong. I'm in the same boat you are. Chances are, in 2022, you're going to do something wrong. But we both have the chance to repent. We both have the chance to say, I'm sorry, Father. I did not mean to do I'm sure I probably did mean to do it. 
but I don't want to do that anymore. Can you help take those wants out of me? Can you help take those desires out of me? Can you help me do right? Can you help me keep my eye pure with light? Can you help me keep these hands behind my back where they don't steal, where they don't uh, hit somebody? Can you help me, Father? I want to turn to you, God. I want to do what you want me to do in my life, God. So I messed up, Father, and I'm sorry, and I will not do it again, but I need help overcoming that, God. Can you help me, God? Can you deliver me from that? Can you take me out of the bondage and release me, give me freedom in my life? Can you do that for me, God? Because I know that you can. I've heard stories of it, God. I've heard that you can. I've heard that you will. I've heard that you want to, God. And I want you to do that in me, God. I want you to take me, God, and transform me, God, from this sinner to this saint God change my life take me from over here into this mud into the from the pig pen and put me over here in the streets of gold where I can live forever and ever and I'm not going to be thirsting for the drink of water take me to that place God where I know that I'm safe where I know that I'm secure God because I know that quality is in you, God, and that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking at the quality of your life, God, because I know that you sent your son, that you've lived, you've cared for me all my life, God, and I know that you sent your son, God, so the quality says that you love me and that you want to protect me and that you want to have me forever and ever. The quality of what you've done in my life says you don't want me to live in that hell. You don't want, to live, you don't want me living in that. You don't want me to burn up. You don't want me to gnash my teeth. You don't want me to do all that. The quality says God loves you and he wants to keep you with him forever. All that comes with repentance. We're all going to mess up. We're all going to mess up. And we all have the chance to repent. God is a friend. He wants you to be his friend. He's doing everything that he can for you. He's giving you opportunity after opportunity. He's sending people in your way. He's sending pastors. He's sending bishops. He's sending all these people in your way. He sent you to church tonight. You may think it was your choice, and to an extent it was. But God has a plan for your life. He has a plan for your life. Your plan is to grow up, go to college, have a family. God's plan for you is for you to prosper, for you to come into the light, come into the knowing of Jesus, the the revelation that he died for your sins. That's his plan for you. Not just for you to be happy and exist. He wants you to grow. He wants you to come out of wherever you've been in. He wants you to rise up from the mire and the muck. He wants you to be a leader. He wants you to show others how to repent. He wants you to... to take you into the nations and to teach the gospel because it's not just for pastors it's for anybody that repents because if I don't repent and I start teaching you all this stuff then it's it's tainted it's not any good the same way if you start doing things with your boyfriends and girlfriends and you're not married, it's tainted. It's not any good. So repent for that. Repent for it. Repent for the thoughts of it. Did y'all know that? That you should repent for just thinking those things? I know it's a hard lesson tonight because you're. a lot of you are just starting to get there. So you haven't, you haven't uh, maybe had a lot of dealings with it. 
But wouldn't you like to know that that stove was hot before you touched it? I would. And that's what your parents teach you. That's what God teaches. So I'm just going to stop there, and I'm going to, if, if you want to come to the front, I'd love for you to come to the front, and we'll say the sinner's prayer. We're going to repent for, I'm going to start repenting for a lot of things. And if you want to come up here, I'll give you a few moments. But there's things in your life that you need to be cleansed of. There's things, there may be, not everybody, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying if you're thinking something, then come on to the front. Because we got pastors here that will pray for you. I'll pray for you. We've got friends of yours that brought you to church. They'll pray for you. We had a lot of people singing songs. They sound great. They sound wonderful, and I love it. But I love the repentant heart. And that's a hard lesson to say, or that's hard to hear. I care about you. I care about you whether you repent it or not, but I'm looking for a repentant heart because you can do so much with that. And he can be a life changer. That person can be a life changer. And the repentance is not for the person beside you, it's for you. And it's a simple prayer. It's, all you're doing is you're asking for forgiveness. If you've done anything in your life that you need forgiveness for, whether you cross the street without uh, a crosswalk, whether you did some unthinkable deed that you don't even want to speak, it doesn't matter how big or how small, repentance is repentance to all. It's going to be the same. When you repent, your life will be changed. You'll be great. You'll feel better. You'll have a weight off your shoulders. It's all about repentance. It's all about saying, Jesus, I'm sorry. I thank you for dying for me, Jesus. I thank you, God, that you would send your son to die for me, that I would have the chance to live righteous and holy, and that I would have all my sins washed away. So I thank you, Jesus. And let's just, let's go ahead. If you're at the front, that's great. I, I thank you for it. But if you're still in your seat and you're trying to decide, that's okay. Just sit there. You can sit there and say the prayer. You can go home tonight and you can say this prayer when you think about it. Or when you, you know, when you get home and you close the door and you think, oh, now all I've got to do left is go to sleep. There's always something else to do. There's always work to do in the Lord. Remember that. Dear Lord, I thank you. If y'all don't mind, just say this with me. You can say it out loud. You can say it quietly. It doesn't matter to me. But one thing I, I want you to do, if you're up here, if you're at your seat, just remember, you're not repenting because somebody's got you, asked you to come to the front. I want you to repent because you want to repent. I want you to repent because you feel that you need to repent. If you repent, you don't get $20. You don't get $100. You don't get a new job. If you repent, you get a new life. If you repent, you get a new heart. You get, you get a new purpose in life. That's what it's all about. It's, it's can you change for the better? Not my better, but God's better. Jesus is better. Dear Lord, I thank you tonight.
God, I thank you for being with us. I thank you for coming in and inhabiting the praises of these children tonight. I thank you for the worship team, God. I thank you for all the offerings that were given, God. I thank you for the hearts that are here tonight, God. I thank you for the loving, trustworthy, loyal characters, God, that are here tonight, God. I thank you for these children that are going to take their friends and they're going to take them to see Jesus, God, that they are those friends that are shining the light, God. I thank you that the people here tonight are not going to be the ones that are stuck in destruction, God, that they're the ones that are shining the light, God, of the gospel. I thank you that they're going to go out in the future, God, and they're going to be world changers, God. They're going to be heart changers, Lord Jesus. I thank you, God, that you that you prepared a way for us, God. And God, I thank you, God, that you gave us a way from our sins, God. I thank you that you gave us a cleansing blood, God, that Jesus died on the cross. I thank you for that. I thank you that he came and died for me, God, that I can be washed white as snow. I thank you, God, for that opportunity, God, because I know that you gave your son, and I know Jesus gave his life just for me. And just for them. And just for each and every individual on this earth. You did it for the multitudes at the same time you did it for the individual. I thank you for that, God. I thank you that you cared about me, Lord Jesus. I thank you that you gave me guiding light, Lord Jesus. I thank you, gave, thank you that you gave me a book to go by, God. I thank you that you gave pastors in my life, God. Whether it's me or somebody else, I don't care. I thank you that the Word of God is getting preached into the lives, Lord Jesus. And I thank you, God, that tonight... I'm able to turn from my sins, God, that I'm able to say, Lord, forgive me for this. Forgive me for that, Lord Jesus. I thank you that I can do that tonight and that I can come and bow my knee at the altar and I can say, Lord, forgive me. God, I'm sorry. God, I don't want to do it anymore. I'm changing my heart tonight, Lord Jesus. I'm taking you, God, and I'm bringing you to the inside. I'm hugging you tight tonight, Jesus, and I will not go back, God. I will not stray. I will stay on that narrow path tonight, God. Oh, God, because I know from this point forward, God, that I can call on you and you can guide me and direct me. You can keep my character straight, God. You can keep me on the narrow, Lord Jesus, that I can cry out to you at any moment in my life, whether I have to do it under my breath in the classroom or whether I can do it out loud at the church, whether I can go out there with the squirrels, God, and scream the name of Jesus. I thank you that you're there no matter what, God. Anytime that I need you, you're there with me always and forever. And I thank you, Jesus, that you forget those sins. I thank you that they're from the east and from the west, God. I thank you that those sins are gone. When I repent, God, God, I'm not just saying I'm sorry, Lord Jesus. That's, when I repent, I'm doing something different. I'm going the opposite direction I was going before. When I repent, God, I repent with a true heart. Because if I've not seen it before, tonight I see who Jesus is. And I realize, I realize that I have a future. And that I've got decisions to make about that future, God. And I choose you. I will choose you each and every day from here on out, Lord God. You will be first in my life. When I open my eyes, I'm going to say, thank you, Jesus. And when I close my eyes just before bed, I'm going to say, thank you, Jesus. Because I'm eternally minded now. I don't care about the dimples. 
I don't care about the nice truck. I don't care about anything else, but I care about Jesus. And I care about that soul that's in the individual beside me. And that's what I'm going after. I'm going to clean up my heart, and I'm going to clean up the hearts of the people in this city. Whether they're my friends, whether they like me or they don't, I don't care, Jesus. Because I know that you love everybody, so I'm going to love everybody. So I repented tonight, Jesus, and I'm turning from my wicked ways, and I'm going to the light. And I love you, and I thank you for being there with me, Jesus. And I thank you for holding me tight and keeping me forever and ever. And I love you, Jesus. And I thank you for showing me this tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So we thank you for tonight. We just thank you for being here. We thank you for paying attention. We thank you for praying. We thank you for what you're going to do in your future. We thank you for realizing that you can be a good friend or you can be a bad friend. We thank you for realizing you have good friends and bad friends. I thank you for choosing church tonight. So thank you. Thank you again for tuning in with us. If this word ministered to you, please consider sowing a seed to Freedom Ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com. We have made it available to you on the giving page. Thank you again. Go and be blessed. In Jesus' name.